When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi Anna. Hi Andrew. Hey everybody else. This is welcome to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! It's important that we never get it right. I we can't. We actually can't. And if we did, I would scream. Guys, the 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 podcast. It's scary stories still on the pod. Okay. Yeah. Come on. You should know this by now. Grow the hell (laughs) up. Grow up. (laughs) Pieces of shit. (laughs) Um, it's a podcast where we talk about scary stories, urban legends, spooky ideas. What else? Um. Yeah. Scares. Freaks. Frights. Um, frights. Um, sort of uh, jump scares. And Ansel Elgort in 30% of our podcast episodes. Yes. He's <laughs> most of the words that we say are either Ansel or Elgort. <laughs> and that's just going to be a dealer's choice. I can't believe Elgort is a name. It's, <sighs> it is a name. It is. No one it's can say a it's name. not. It is a name. Um, how are you doing, Anna? I'm doing freaking good. I'm um I'm sleepy, uh, yes. but feeling feeling powerless against the mess in my apartment. Oh sure, you know? yeah. I it's just that don't time. know. I just don't have the self esteem to move a thing. I feel like the thing <laughs> knows better than I do where it should go. <sighs> yeah, why not let things go where they should be? I think I'm getting know? worse. Um, <laughs> um what how did are you? you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I did a deep clean of our apartment today, and I feel really good about it. Oh, my God. What did you yeah. do? Uh, I, I really focus on the kitchen. Um, okay. You know how sometimes, like, a kitchen looks clean, and then you take a paper towel to it, and, you know, then it, you look, and it's like an ink block painting. It's black as night. Yeah. Yeah, black as night. Um, so I did a deep clean of that, and I, I really faced my fears, and I went into our freezer and our fridge and got rid of all the stuff that I had just sort of let go, you know? You know when, like, leftovers get oh, away yeah. from you, and then you're, like, they're in Tupperware, <laughs> and you're just like, I'm just going to let that happen, you know? I'm just going to really <laughs> hurt myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm hurting my future self uh, by making today's self feel a little more in control. Uh, yeah. But no, so I did that. Um, but That's I'm fantastic. so happy to be here recording this, which is one of my favorite things to do. Oh man, it truly is my favorite too. And we are we are again doing a remote record because Andrew and I we live in different cities, and know. you know what Greta Thunberg says about flying has really sort of hit home. Boy, yeah, it's and um, what is the responsible way to travel? Boat, I guess, is the only one. I think it's blowing your brains out. Sure, sure, sure. I sure. think that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it's really good for the environment. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Um, now I but, will, uh, and now I do feel very terrible. I fly all the time, and it's it's a big oh, problem. Oh God, I know, but it's like. Uh, I don't know. 
But let, I'm just, it's also like we're, I'm one person, you know, I just, this is like my whole, I mean, much smarter people than I have talked about straws. It's just the silliest thing in the world to me. Like corporations need to make big changes like us getting rid of straws in our plastic cups make no sense. Um, plus no. a lot of, a lot of, uh, disabled people need plastic straws and it's like so crazy to withhold that. And then paper straws are pointless. They mean nothing. Um, no, it, it really, I mean like municipal trash accounts for like 1% of the waste stream and we're all just distracting ourselves by like, I'll buy different toilet paper. And it's right. like, we've all sucked on a paper straw at a wedding until it sogs into nothingness. And we're like, no, it is. This is better. <laughs> it's good. You know, like the seals. Um, Um, so anyway that's what our podcast is about good night yeah good night Um, no every Monday we read uh, a story from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's series scary stories to tell in the dark Uh, and listener it's a Monday Um, and I believe I believe it is my turn oh yes yes okay you do it you do it um, okay, so I'm reading from Scary Stories 3, More Tales to Chill Your Bones. <gasps> okay, Always good. delighted by this one in particular that it reads like um, uh, a sequel, you know? Like the last one was just like more Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And this one is like Scary Stories 3, baby. Um, and I know, th- it's exciting. This story is one uh, with an illustration that, uh, again has done irreparable harm to my psyche and (laughs) seared off the front part of my brain as a child. Uh, It is called The Dead Hand. (gasps) Do you know this one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. This is a good story for you to tell, I believe. Yes. And again, we're in October. We are well in October. And this one is spooky as all hell. Okay. The village huddled on the edge of a vast swamp. As far as one could see, There were soggy meadows, holes filled with black water, and glistening sheets of wet, spongy peat. You know what? Move somewhere else. This place sounds terrible. If if all you can see is three things and one of the things is holes, (laughs) move. You need to re-examine this. You gotta go somewhere else. Yeah, go somewhere that has a Joanne Fabrics. At least that, you know, you can can turn into a hobby. Right. Yeah. No one's asking you to move to Big Sky, Montana. Yeah. Um, Skeletons of giant trees, snags, the people called them, rose up out of the muck, their dead branches reaching out like long, twisted arms. This is a much more imagery-based story for Alvin Schwartz. Don't you think? Um... It's yeah, like very detailed. He's taking the time. He's setting it up. He is very premise based. Like he can do a world description, yeah. but about people, he's people are sort of two dimensional and straightforward and <laughs> they've got one want and that's it. One want during yeah, the day. This is very, very oh. fleshed out. <laughs> it is. It is. I like it. It's a little change of pace. Uh, during the day, the men in the village cut the peat and hauled it home to dry and sell for fuel. We were talking about this last week, Anna. Yes. This is what what, Chris's family does. Right, right, right. Your Uh, husband. Back in Ireland. My husband. (laughs) But when the sun went down and the wind, sighing and moaning, came in from the sea, the men were quick to leave. Strange creatures took over the swamp at night, and some even came into the village. That's what everyone said. People were so afraid they would not go out alone after dark. 
Oh. Good God, that's scary to me. I know. This feels like, like, how do you ever, the blood pressure of everyone in this town must have been so high 24-7. You know? When should we get dinner? Do you want to go at like three, four o'clock? No, the creatures from the, the from the muck will come. I don't know what month is it. February, probably not. <laughs> Let's go at like eleven a.m. for dinner. <laughs> eleven a.m. dinner. <laughs> yep. Uh, and here we get introduced to our protagonist, young Tom Pattison, was the only Woo! person in the village who did not believe in these creatures. On his way home from work, he'd whisper to his friends. There's one. And they would jump and run. And Tom would laugh and laugh. Okay, I'm less on his side. Yeah. I I guess it's sort of, he strikes me as sort of like an unsupervised child Mm -hmm. where like he grows up a little mean, but it's not really his fault. Yeah, he was a charming toddler and everyone, everyone kind (laughs) of let him get away with too much, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Huge sing, like only child vibes. Yeah. Sings a song. And you're like, wow, he can sing a song, you know? Um, yeah. And then, and then he slaps someone in the vagina and you're like, oh. But then you notice he's like burying like dead animals in the same hole in the backyard. And you're like, this feels like it's going to come back to get me. He says that they're friends. Like <laughs> Finally, some of his friends turned on him. If you know so much, they said, go back into the swamp some night and see what comes of it. I'll do it, said Tom. I work there every day. Not once have I ever seen anything to frighten me. Why should it be different at night? Tomorrow night, I'll take my lantern and walk out to the willow snag. If I get scared and run, I'll never make fun of you again. This but what happens like... if you get murdered, Tom? What yeah, then? did you ask yourself that, Tom? Jesus, Tom. Um, that's Anna and I reading for the role of Tom's mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, she also cuts Pete with them. <laughs> She's a she's tough gal, but she's hardy. really fun. She's got a jukebox she, in her garage. She gets hurt all the time because she doesn't ask for help because it is a two-man <laughs> job. But she's tough, you know? Yeah, she's got a dog with a human being name like um, like Marvin. You know, like just yes. like a, a strange name. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the next night, the men went to Tom Pattison's house to see him on his way. Thick clouds covered the moon. It was the blackest of nights. When they arrived, Tom's mother was pleading with him not to go. I'll be all right, he said. There's nothing to be, def- to be afraid of. Don't be foolish like the rest. He took his lantern and, singing to himself, headed down the spongy path toward the willow snag. Okay, singing in these stories is always the sign of... Um being out of control. Yeah, something's going to happen. In a way that like, yeah, you're either being foolish and shouldn't be singing or you are a scary thing and you are singing. Mhm. Yeah, deal. don't yeah, the, singing is a symbol for you're scared and you're trying to ward off things. And there are very few songs that um when you sing them do not make things more scary. You know, I feel like the only song I could sing that wouldn't make me feel scared would be like the Vanga Bus. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Although that the Six Legs guy was scary, so I take that back. Yeah, but he was a young dancer. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> I remember in my head, I thought like, I can't believe they got Martin Short to do this. And that makes no sense. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that Jiminy Glick wasn't a person until like, <laughs> I want to say last year. <laughs> Did you know that Jiminy Glick is based on a real critic named Skip Elo? Oh, and he does he does it's a very similar voice it's very oh like you know um okay god he's so funny evan Watkins does an amazing jiminy glick impression <laughs> just throwing another um okay uh tom took his lantern and singing to himself headed down the spongy path toward the willow snag spongy path S- some of the young men uh some of the young men wondered if tom wasn't right maybe they were afraid of things that did not did oh Maybe they were afraid of things that did not exist. A few decided to follow him and see for themselves, but they stayed far behind in case he ran into trouble. They were sure they saw dark shapes moving about, but Tom's lantern kept bobbing up and down, and Tom's songs kept floating back to them, and nothing happened. Finally, they caught sight of <laughs> Sorry, the... I just gasped when you said nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that does... that. You're like a BBC viewer. I know. Oh (gasps) my God. A twist no one saw coming. (laughs) Um, Finally, they caught sight of the willow snag. There was Tom standing in a circle of light, looking this way and that. All of a sudden, the wind blew out his lantern, and Tom stopped singing. The men stood stock still in the blackness, waiting for something awful to happen. The clouds shifted, and the moon came out. There was Tom again, only now he had his back pushed up against the willow snag, and he had his arms out in front of him as if he were fighting something off. From where the men stood, it looked like dark shapes were swirling in around him. Then the clouds covered the moon again. Once again, it was black as pitch. When the moon came out again, Tom was hanging on to the willow snag with one arm. His other arm was stretched out in front of him as if something was pulling it. It looked to the men as if a rotting, moldy hand Mm. with no arm, a dead hand, had grabbed Tom's hand. With one final wrench, whatever had hold of Tom jerked him into the muck. That's what the men said. When the clouds blotted out the moon once more, the men turned and ran through the blackness toward the village. Again and again they lost the path and fell into the muck and water holes. In the end, they crawled back on their hands and knees. But Tom Pattison was not with them. In the morning, people searched everywhere for Tom. Finally, they gave him up for lost. A few weeks later, toward evening, the villagers heard a cry. It was Tom's mother. She was rushing down the path from the swamp, shouting and waving. When she was sure the villagers had spotted her, she turned and ran back. Off they went after her. They found young Tom Pattison by the willow snag groaning and gibbering as if he'd lost his mind. He kept pointing with one hand at something only he could see. Where his other hand should have been, there was nothing but a ragged stump oozing blood. The hand had been ripped clean off. Everybody said it was the dead hand that had done it, but nobody really knows. Nobody will ever know except Tom Pattison, and he never spoke another word again. Yeah, this one is oh, scary. My God, it's scary. This one's very scary and it's blood scary and oozing longer. and gore. It's still bleeding after two weeks. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a problem. It's a miracle he survived. 
also at a certain point i just we just stopped interrupting the story and we're like listening to it (laughs) it's It's a good story um it's good and can you describe the drawing yes okay i'm reading Uh, along okay the drawing is i think one of the scariest drawings it it sucks it sucks it is a um rotted head slash tree slash swamp being um, with like one hollow eye socket and one glow- glowing orb eye. Its nostrils are in the wrong place from where the bulb of the nose is. Um, and then off the side behind some classic Stephen Gamble drips and branches is, I suspect, what is uh, the dead hand? You know, you kind of oh, see Oh, I it. don't see it. Where? Um, to, it's on the right side oh. behind the white tree. Yeah. Oh, that just yeah. looks like a shadow. The yeah. thing that's like touching the edge of the page? Correct. Yes. Oh, interesting. Um, that's my assumption. But it's such a scary. I mean, I guess in a way it kind of looks like our cover art. It kind of looks like because it's it like really a, does. It's a head I guess emerging. That's what bats based it on maybe. Yeah. Clever bats. Um, good job, bats. Yeah. Um, also, it's got these scary corpse teeth. Oh, very scary corpse teeth. That Five. are hanging. There's a bunch of them are missing. <laughs> yeah. No um, corn. No corn for this thing. A lot of gnarled roots, a lot of sort of like radish type roots. Yeah, radishes are a, are a heavy influence on the scary Big story universe. Deal. Yes. Um, um, oh. And it's like screaming. It's going, ah! ah! <laughs> um, damn it. This yeah, story this is one scary. really scares me. I, I was also super curious about where this um, story came from. And I guess it's from a, a, a larger, longer story um, about, uh, from like, uh, UK uh, folklore, Lincolnshire. That's why that name was in my head. It's from Lincolnshire. Oh. Um, and I guess there's like a long history of assuming that um, peat bogs and marshy areas are haunted by evil spirits. Maybe because they put so many dead bodies in there. Maybe. Peat bog mummies. It also like, it's a, it's like an area that you can't build on. Right. So it's sort of like it belongs to the earth in a weird way. Like people can't go there. Yeah. The, the, um, the nature itself gave you some rules and you just went against it. Yeah. Like you can't live there. So what does live there? Oh, yeah. That's really scary. A spooky dookie. The dead hand. And then it was like, as a kid, I was always like, did it take the hand so that it would become another dead hand? Like, is this a dead hand cycle? You know, is it like the movie Looper where it is itself? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, more scary stories need to take place within the Looper extended universe. Yes. Um, that's. Uh, yeah. I also wondered that where it was like, OK, who's the hand? Um, yeah, Because they said me. they could see what looked like a, a stump hand grabbing him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. then they couldn't see the other shapes. Yeah, it scares me. It's scary because it's like you want to believe that you're a smart person and you have control over stuff, but you don't. Yeah, there's things are just ancient and scary. So many of these stories, um, the kind of uh, motto is like, you're nothing. Like if you think you (laughs) like if you think you know what's going on, you don't. Um, You're not hot shit. Sit down or get your goddamn hand ripped off. (laughs) I also thought it was scary ass. that he never spoke again. That this that thing yeah. Anna, where you were like, my worst fear is that I see something so scary that I just lose my mind forever. And yeah. this is that story that this uh, that this happened in that story. Absolutely. 
Um, oof, very scary. Um, so yeah, that's the story for today. God, what a good story. Um, yeah, I'd say this story is like maybe like an an eight. Oh yeah, this is top tier. This is top tier scary. It's very scary. I I find these stories to be more doable than anything that takes place in a house. Oh yeah. To me, how scary is the worst scary? It's kind um, of like what you can watch Jaws. It's like, I know where I belong. You know, like, I'm not going to find my, like, I'm not going to go night swimming in the ocean, you know? Like, uh, I um, get it. I want, I almost went night swimming in the ocean in Columbia. No. Um, I got advice from Ann Berkowitz. Oh, who's yeah. Been mentioned on the podcast before. But um, she gave me traveling advice because she'd been to Columbia. But her advice, she went like, I think right after college and she's a fun, social, warm person. So all of her travel tips, like, no, no, there was a lot that was helpful, but a lot of it was like, go out and like make friends. And I was like, pass. Um, <laughs> like, I can't do that. But one of them was like, go night swimming with this like photo um, or what's it called? that like bioluminescent algae and it's beautiful. And it was oh. like swimming in a sea of stars. And I was like, mm, what if I just went to bed? <laughs> <laughs> but did you go? No. Okay. I okay. went snorkeling during the day and it, I saw all the coral was dead and it was terrifying. Oh no. Um, and I fell off the edge of the boat the way you're <gasps> supposed to. And it ripped my swimsuit. And for a second, my bare asshole was <laughs> no, exposed to no. the two men on the boat. <laughs> no. And, was, and then I fell in and was like, I'm scared. Pull me up. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I'm, basically I'm fun. I, my dad one time planned a trip when we were in the keys, he was like, I'm going to do something very special. And we were like, what's it going to be? And we showed up on this boat uh, that took us to a place called the dry Tortugas, um, mm. which I believe is like, it's like way out in the ocean. It's like 60 or 80 miles North of Cuba. Um, and it's where the, the union army had a prison for Confederate soldiers. It's where Dr. Mudd was sent after he set John Wilkes Booth's leg. Um, but it's a perfect ecosystem there and there's amazing snorkeling. So like after we did like the tour of the, uh, the tour of the, (laughs) the prison ruins, um, uh, I went snorkeling and the thing they tell you where they're like, don't touch any coral is no joke because like I barely brushed up against it and it cut my side up like crazy. Oh no. Yeah. You gotta be super careful. And then I was like, oh, I'm bleeding in the water and I literally can see a shark. Um, that was scary. Did it react at all? No, no. I, this is the, at least this is what the tour guide said that because it is this like perfect uninterrupted ecosystem, like there's never been any, any attacks out there because there's just enough for all of the, all of the predators to eat. Um, and apparently also there is a croc, a Nile crocodile that lives on the dry tortugas. It got stuck in some sort of, you know, uh, jet stream. Are there jet streams in the ocean? I don't know. Um, and it like is occasionally there, which is wild. From where? I think from, I'm going to say this and I'm probably dumb. I'm going to say they're like, it's a Nile crocodile and it's from Africa, but I, I, I I doubt that. (laughs) I doubt that. I'm going to I'm going to I'm gonna look it up now. I'm just gonna see what happens when I say Nile crocodile. Not that dry. it came from like some crazy rich person's menagerie. It swam across the Atlantic Ocean. 
I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Andrew. Dry Tortugas. I'm just checking it out. If this is true, I'll buy you a hat. <laughs> okay. This is, I'm not sure if we're going to trust this. Okay. Okay. No, this is National Park Service. Okay. Um. Okay. No, it's an, uh, wait. It's okay. It says it's an American crocodile. But then what's weird is when I, so that was according to National Park Service. So according to National Park Services, the crocodile is an American crocodile. But then if you look up Nile Crocodile, Florida, it says um, Nile crocodiles identified in South Florida. <laughs> this is a this is a news story. Um, okay. It's this is Newsweek. Nile crocodiles are in Florida, but no need to panic. Uh, but they're in the Everglades National Park, um, and they think it. They're like either it made it across the ocean, which seems very unlikely, or yeah, that it was a pet that got released. Um, yeah, but I don't know I why we shouldn't like, worry. That seems like a huge threat to the ecosystem. There, uh, maybe they're behaving themselves. Oh, Anna, you're really muffled. Oh, just I. Uh, oh, sorry. Hello, hello. There we go. Oh, it got lost in my neck and tit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Using my headphone mic. And oh uh, please keep it in. I want people to know who I am. <laughs> I want to be known and I want to be seen. Um wow. So yeah, I don't Oh yeah. yeah, anyway, so sorry that was a that was a long distraction. Um No, it was great. But we um, do yeah, we do fun things on trips. We do. We do. We're fun. We're fun um cool. so does Tom Pattinson, who yeah. I guess lived on Social Security. Um, what, um, who would we cast as the people in the story? Tom Patterson. Um, I'm going to say, um, Tom, I don't know why, I don't know why Kate McKinnon as, um, uh, Justin Bieber is jumping to mind as kind of a Tom Patterson type. Uh, it's like a two layered thing. Yeah. It's like a two layered thing. Um, it's kind of, it's like, it's like, this would be Kate's nutty professor. Um, and she plays the mom, Tom Patterson, the willow snag and the dead hand. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's good. I'll write it up. Um, how about you? I feel like, for Tom, I was for some reason either I, I I was at first I pictured John Boyega. Oh yeah, love John um, Boyega because he seems like a pragmatist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could also see cousin Greg from Succession. Yeah, do you I, watch it? I, I don't, don't but I know do. who cousin Greg is because everyone is talking about cousin Greg. Oh my god, I saw him at the Emmys and. I've just never been more starstruck in my entire life. Wow. Is he tall? He's very tall. Well, he was sitting, I like walked, it was, uh, it was when I was walking up with the show Mm -hmm. to like the stage. Um, I don't have an Emmy, but I went up with the show (laughs) when it won. And the only famous person I clocked on the way up was cousin Greg. And I, (laughs) And I got so starstruck and I was like, this is just going to be, it's going to be just like snorkeling. I'm going to get my (laughs) ass caught on something. My butthole going to go right in the camera and cousin Greg going to see all of it. I think his first name is cousin and his last name is Greg. 
Yeah, um, no, that sounds right. <laughs> but I think he would be good in this. Oh, yeah. No, um, that's, that's a really good cast. Honestly, I don't think it's interesting to say that you would cast Meryl Streep as something, but I feel like she'd be good as the mom. Oh, yeah. Whenever there's... um. Whenever there's a distressed Irish woman, Meryl Streep really comes to <laughs> yeah. mind. Um, yeah. Or Fianula Flanagan from The Others. She's also very good. Yeah. Or like Imelda Staunton. Uh, we need to cast Imelda more often. We do. You know? She books. She books. Um, yeah, that's great casting. Thank yeah. You. This, feels like it, this feels like it could be a film. This should be in the next Scary Stories movie. I agree. Um, speaking of other scary things, Anna, what's something spooky that happened to you this week? Oh, good question. Um, let me think. I had to, I went home to Long Island after the show on Saturday because it was Rosh Hashanah on right. Sunday. Yes. Happy Rosh Hashanah. And I just went straight home after the, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, a, a briefly belated Lashana Tov to all of our chosen listeners, Lashana Tov, um, and all. good Yantov if it's Yom Kippur or whatever. <laughs> um, but I went straight home at like four in the morning and I don't have a key. My parents replaced the door. Um, so I don't have a key to the new door. Oh, so wow. I had to go through the backyard to get the key from the shed. Um, we keep. Oh, I shouldn't say this. Yeah, don't say this. We keep this. the key in a specific part. Um, <laughs> fuck, I'm going to get docs. This sucks. Oh, man. Uh, we'll, we'll move it. We'll yeah. put it in a lockbox. Yeah, yeah. Tell your parents. It, it just up. It's like reaching around in the dark for a key at night. Yeah, uh, that's super scary. very spooky. Oh. Um... um Man, it just and like walking across the dark backyard, especially after reading these stories, I was like, I'm going to get I'm going to get goosed by a a ghost. <laughs> I'm going to get my little pants pulled down by some yeah. prankster. Oh, gosh. That is a thing. Um, like because Chris's parents are the same way with like a shed like Long Island. There's a lot of sheds, you know. Why is that? Oh, yeah. Um. I guess because we have a lot of grass. I would be the worst interviewer in the world, I'm just realizing. Like, that's the most (laughs) boring question I can ever conceive of. No, that's a cool question, Andrew. You're cool. Why all the sheds on Long Island? You're cool, Andrew. That was me as Annie. You know what it is? Maybe because we don't... Maybe garages just aren't as... Oh, that's true, yeah. Thank you, Anna, for giving me the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. (laughs) But we do. We do. We got sheds, you know? Yeah. Can't keep him. Can't keep a Long Islander away from a shed. Oh my God! Something spooky just happened. Oh what? I have my living room light on a timer, and the light just went off. Oh yeah, I don't like that. I'm scared. The, the yeah. hand. The hand is gonna get me. Chris can like control our lights. It looks like a hand. Chris can control our lights because we have hue light bulbs, and he oh, can like God. turn them on and off from across the country. And sometimes he messes with me, and I don't appreciate That's it. That's scary. Um, oh my god, he's a prankster, and you know what happens to pranksters? They got their hands they ripped get, off. They get spooked. You get dead. Um, what's something spooky that happened to you? Oh my gosh, I started watching this uh, French series on Netflix called Marianne. Oh, and um, I'm just here to tell you if you are a um, if you value your mental well being, don't watch it. It is so scary. It is so deeply scary. Um. The cast is great. It's a really good, 
it's really good storytelling. And it's like, also it like points out the ways in which, uh, sometimes American horror can be very frustrating where it's like, you care about these characters very much. It's basically the like log line is, um, a famous horror writer, uh, she's like been, been writing these books about a witch named Marianne her whole career. She's in her early 30s. She's been writing the books since she was like 18. Um, she's become super famous based off of them, but she's so tired of writing them. So she's written the final book and that's it. Um, but after writing it, uh, Marianne, who has burst to life apparently from the pages, um, has possessed uh, her her childhood best friend's mother and the childhood oh. best friend is like, please come like, please get rid of Marianne. And so she goes back to her town to like get rid of Marianne. And what Marianne wants is for her to keep writing the books. It's a very good oh skit. God. And the woman who plays Mary, the, the lead actress whose name I'm forgetting is really great. She was in call me by your name. She's so good. The character is really compelling. And then the actress who plays Marianne is so Scare! I don't. I can't stress to you. Um, I recommend not watching it with um, the American dubbing, not because the actors aren't great, but just like you need to hear the woman's voice who plays Marianne. Oh it's just like I, I, just, I can't even. Uh, it's so good and scary. And um, so I'm watching this very scary show. I can only watch it in daylight hours. Um, and <laughs> we were just about to go to bed the other night, and a big thing in Marianne is. Um, uh, I always am like not – I'm never afraid if I'm like sleeping in a bed with somebody. But Marianne really messes that up because very scary things happen when you're in bed with somebody. Um, and oh, no. Chris, Chris and I were about to go to bed and he looked up and he was like, oh, crazy. Um, one of the fake trees in our living room looks so much like a person. And then he showed me and it looks – I can't stress to you enough how much it does look like a person hovering in our living room. Um, and I will share the picture on our social because, and now I, I, we might have to get rid of the tree because it's just too scary to look at at night. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It sucks. If anyone wants the tree, let me know. It's, it's from Ikea. It's fine. Um, but yeah, that's the scary thing that happened to me this week. My God, that is scary. It was very scary. Okay. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for this story. Oh, my pleasure. I myself personally was spooked. I was very spooked myself. Um, and Anna, thank you so much for recording so late at night. And everybody else, to do it. thank you so much for listening. Um, and also, get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.